What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Alto Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. We are in season 16, episode three. Hello, Aid. How are you doing today? I am good. How are you, Tane? I'm doing okay, doing okay. We're just in January, and I hate when people complain about how long January is because I'm like, <laughs> where are we rushing to? Like, there's no rush. But I'm not complaining. I'm just kind of like, the weeks are going fast. And I'm like, where's the year running to again? Hmm. Yeah. I usually think of January as a time where I don't have much to do. And then this January is like, you got to do this and you got to do that. And you have to be here. You have to be there. And I'm like, what happened to calm and peaceful January? I just want to say that when I think of not many things to do, I don't think of you. I feel like you're always (laughs) doing something. You're always somewhere. You're always so. Every time you say, "Oh, I'm a homebody," I'm like, "Yeah, it's debatable." It's a, it's the truth. It's a truth. <laughs> but uh, it's unexpected <laughs> sometimes. That's all. Mm, sure, sure, sure. I also am a planner. So what happens is I plan some. Like literally, I have tickets to something in April right now. <laughs> And so I'll be like, oh, I don't have any plans. And I'll get to April and be like, oh, yeah, you scheduled yourself to do three things. That's what happens. <laughs> Speaking of planning ahead, do you want to share with the people our very great communication styles and things that you held me accountable in front of them? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you guys what it is, but I asked Tane a very specific question and she said yes. And then I said, see, I even have you on recording. And then this week I texted her about it and I just found out before we started recording that she had no idea why she was getting these text messages. And I'm like, but I, you, you agreed to this on tape. Listen guys, we we're having full blown conversation. Like I just went along with it. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, she likes it. I love it. I'm going ahead with it. I literally just found out before we started recording what she was talking about, but I just found it so funny, but yes, she does have me on record. So when the time is right, it shall all be revealed. So. And and five points to the person who may have guessed what this is. (laughs) Faithful. You're faithful. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Aid. um, Anything we need to keep the people updated about this week? We will, of course, have our after party up on Monday on Patreon, where we talk about what happened on this week's episode of After Party. Um, We also have a couple bonus episodes coming your way. You, you may have heard Tane reference The Faithful. For those of you who have been watching Traders on Peacock, it has caught our attention. We are watching it. We're into it. So we decided to do a Patreon episode for it. 
I can't share with you guys how excited I am that Aid is into this. I'm I I was very surprised that she's into it, so I'm excited. <laughs> As you guys know, I don't watch competition reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a whore, so I watch it. So whenever Aid's in, into it, I'm like, yes. <laughs> we also have a, a couple more bonus episodes in the works, and we will let you know as soon as they are up on Patreon. Also, next week, a little bit of excitement and sadness. So Tan will be out, <laughs> but we are going to have a very special guest. Also a surprise. We're just full of secrets, aren't we? But all shall be revealed. All shall be revealed. So, those people who definitely aren't keeping secrets because they put all their business out there, what is going on with everybody uh, from Maps Landing? Last episode, we asked about the name of the hotel uh, where the weddings were being held in Nashville, and you guys answered, and we got a couple of people. Thanks to each and every one of you who sent it in. It is called the Conrad. And the weddings were in July 25. And I, what I liked the most was that er, almost everyone who responded, responded with screenshots from Mass Fan. <laughs> <laughs> we're all in this together, guys. <laughs> um, also, thanks for all the updates about Nate's announcement, because we also spoke about um, not knowing if Nate had a formal announcement, but he did have something. So um, that was shared with us also. So thanks, guys. And speaking of, since we ask and it gets answered, if anyone of you is able to locate this alleged online show of Pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper, if it's in existence, let us know where to find it. Cause I've searched and maybe I should search again last week. I haven't searched in two weeks. I don't know where it is and I haven't seen it or heard anything about it. So yeah. What was Nate's announcement? Oh, that he's officially divorced. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, you know, I'd mentioned something about he did a DoorDash thing and just hashtag single life. And I'm like, oh, maybe that's his official announcement. But apparently he said something um, regarding being single and um, I missed it. Um, Speaking of um, him being single, when we were on break, um, I want to say, I don't trust my memory these days, so I keep giving myself caveats, but I want to say I saw a picture of Nate and Mindy from the DC season. And it was playful. I didn't think anything of it. I'm not sure. But, you know, if any if any two people of the opposite sex are together, everyone just assumes that. But then this week, Ben reposted a picture of himself at some, it seemed like a, like a Dave and Buster's type situation, like an arcade or something like that. And she posted it. And then he reposted it. But who's Ben always hanging around with? Nate. So... Either they're just really good friends or something's a brewing. I don't know. Mindy also- has done this with at least two <laughs> others. She did it with what's his name from Houston. Yes. Um, and yeah, I feel like there's another guy who she did it with too. And when I say did it with, I just mean posted a picture with and then like got everybody all excited. So I'm like, okay, this is now Mindy's pattern. Mm-hmm. It's like, let the speculation begin. Also, I don't know where she lives now. Because I know at that time when she lived in Mexico, then she broke her leg, then she came back, and I don't know what state she resides in right now. But yeah, just not that interesting. Um, A shout out to T-Mob, who reminded me, I saw this and I forgot and never mentioned, that Jasmine from the Philly season is pregnant with twins. Good for her. She already has a little boy. Um, I think she got married. I just, she, I liked her. She was a little bit intense, but she, she, 
she was a guy liked her and I'm glad that she has everything that she desired. Also, she was intense because of who she was married to. He was uh, <laughs> yeah, interesting, man. Um, and then speaking of babies, I probably should have started with this, but the Morales baby is here. Brianna and Vince had their baby, Ori Bella Morales, born January 3rd, 2023. Congratulations to them. Congrats. She's so cute. Speaking of cute babies, I don't know. Woody and Amani's baby just gets cuter and cuter every day with his little dimples. And Amani has a countdown started on her stories to their third year anniversary. My God, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, time flies. But yes, the baby, all the maps babies, I mean, all of them are adorable. Yeah. And it's like, you see moments like this and you're like, this is why we watch the show. Like, okay, yeah, some people want the drama, but it's nice. It's just kind of nice to know, like, we saw you the first time you met this person and now you're like starting a family. Like every time I see Jessica and Austin and their baby, I'm just like, wow, started from nothing. Here you are. And uh, every time I see the couples and the babies and the happiness, I'm like, the people who choose to do the show are not crazy. <laughs> if, <laughs> if, if this is the possible end result, it, it might be worth it. It might be worth it. Um, Lindsay from Boston, Tag Noy, also from Boston. It's been a year since I've seen you, and I'm like, are they friends? <laughs> because it's Lindsay, I was like, what kind of drama is she trying to start? <laughs> I mean, she seems all... I've never seen anyone look so refreshed. That show must be so stressful, because she looks so good. Like, she just looks, like, relaxed and without any stress. But last we knew, I thought they weren't friends, but maybe Steve was the factor? I don't know, but, you know. Um, Kristen from San Diego, let us know that she got a new job and it doesn't start till March. She was asking for movie recommendations because she's fun employed. She didn't mention if it was the same company, same city. I'm guessing it's still in New York because she didn't mention like she was moving. So congratulations to her. Good for her. Just as I was wondering about Justin from San Diego and his girlfriend, a new video popped up and um, I would like to think for me personally, it was very awkward. They were staring at each other lo lovingly, apparently. I mean, she's staring up because he's so tall and they're talking and they're trying to find angles. And I'm like, I just, you know, we live in a generation where we take 50 pictures and post the best one. Like, why would you post this take? Like of all of the things, like just fake it like everybody else and take another one that makes sense. Like, don't give us this natural act natural. And it just comes out awkward. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Very strange. Um, that's about it. But finally, I just want to give a shout out to our listener, Aliyah, who said, I hope I said your name right, who just sent us a really nice message. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for liking what we put out. We don't take you for granted. And we really, really appreciate it. And thank you for listening to our recommendations. And thank you for the, um, the recommendation to cover Real Housewives of Potomac. We just might take you up on your offer. But we'll let you know. But thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back to talk about these crazy kids. They say time waits for no one, and neither should payday. To keep your money moving in the direction of your dreams, get Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. 
Just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. You can use the money you get from EarnIn to make sure you have your spending money ready for your fun spring break trips to the beach. Make EarnIn a part of your financial routine and join EarnIn's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about EarnIn, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download EarnIn today. That's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the EarnIn app, type in AltoCall on the podcast because when you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's AltoCall on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max, see earnin.com slash TOS for details. EarnIn is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like a lime margarita and a grapefruit paloma, which happens to be my favorite, so you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash MAFS. Each can of Recess is a lightly sparkling mocktail made with real fruit and only 25 calories or less. It's a guilt-free way to unwind. They taste just like your favorite cocktails, without the alcohol. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. And we're back. So, Aid, what did you think about this episode, episode three? I very much enjoyed it. Same. These people are great. For different reasons, all of them. <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're getting married. We're having receptions. We're meeting each other's families. And it's funny how maths is such a formula, but people are different, you know? <laughs> we are in the honeymoon phase. It was just like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> like... The best is yet to come, but I really enjoyed the episode. It's just like the ice is broken now. No more tension. What do they look like? And we're beginning to peel back the layers, but let's get into it. So we pick up um, from Eris and Jasmine's wedding. It's getting weird, guys. (laughs) (laughs) His cousin Felina is still going on and going on saying like, it's laughable what he's doing. And I just had to ask like, are they blood cousins? Cause I, this is like, get over it. It's like it happened, it happened and let it be. So he said, I don't know. Do you have anything helpful or positive to say to me right now? Because, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm glad he did. Cause it was again, getting weird. She says, so, you know, oh. <clears throat> so up until now I have been very supportive of Felina, but honestly at that moment is when I was like, ah, you've gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> The point where he asked her if she has anything hopeful or positive to say, I'm like, I, I think this is the part where she needs to stop. <laughs> her response was, you say you love black women. You need to be committed. You need to stand by her. 
So I have two thoughts. I'm like, okay, either Felina knows that there's a girl in the cut, like <laughs> she's trying to protect. And also it looks like Eris strictly asked for black women because she sounded like she knew for sure that he was getting a black woman. Now, this is what I find hilarious about her saying that. That you can ask the experts for all kinds of things, all kinds of things, and they will ignore the hell out of you. <laughs> but when it comes to race, we can always trust the experts. They And I'll give them that. If a black man says he wants a black woman, he will get a black woman. <laughs> if a black man says he wants a white woman, he will get a white woman and vice versa. Yeah. You know, they don't want no smoke. <laughs> <laughs> So Eris says, like, it's scary, but he's ready to be stable and he's done with the streets. But if she's the opposite of what he asked for, then he might have to give his cousin a look. Jasmine's stomach, on the other hand, is doing flips. And she says that she's ready for this. She's 32. She's ready for kids. And she's not ready to be 60 at her kid's high school graduation. The shade. Her dad comes in and her dad looks good. And her mom also comes in. And I'm like, Jasmine must be tall or everyone around her is just short. <laughs> <laughs> she says again that divorce is not an option for her. Um, he's waiting at the end of the aisle and then she comes out. She walks out and he smiles and puts his head down. And I'm like, does he like what he sees? I don't know. She gets to the end of the aisle and Eris starts applauding. Like, child, yes, thank you. And so I guess he likes what he sees and he says, come on, <laughs> you don't get more encouraging than that. <laughs> I love that because I don't know, we've seen a lot of weddings where I feel like people put out such bad vibes about what they thought the other person looked like mm-hmm. right from the jump. I was like, Eris, if you do nothing else, I mean, what more could a woman ask for than to walk mm-hmm. out and someone just applaud you? You haven't said anything. You haven't done anything. They're just like, oh, you look so good. Mm-hmm. It was great. So yeah, um, for Jasmine, her family shares that she's a loving soul that leads with her heart and she's a cheerleader. Just don't break her heart because your your sister-in-laws will be watching. For Aries, again, we told you guys, for future people who plan on applying for maps, tell your family and friends to help you out. Why would you tell people that he's super private, communication is not his best suit? I'm like, that is not what you lead with. Like, don't share that. So you might need to be a good communicator, but he loves royally. I'm like, eh, guys. They do say he's passionate, he's driven, he's smart, but love on him as best you can. I'm like, Ugh. now he sounds like a project. Cousin <laughs> Felina was probably one of the authors of that thing. <laughs> so Eris says his vows, they were good, but I bet he Googled that shit. <laughs> He doesn't ask, but they kiss. And it was like a little chaste kiss, just a little mwah, and that's fine. She's taller, but I think she's wearing heels. I mean, she mentions it later, but I already made note of it. So when they walked out after they pronounced them husband and wife, just walking out in from the aisle or anything, that slow motion scene was so long. I was like, uh, how long is it going to take them to get out of there? So they have their first chat. He says that she's beautiful and the hard part is out the way. Jasmine says her first thought is that he's cute. He looks fit. He's shorter, but it's fine. She's wearing heels. So if she takes it off, they'll probably be the same height. So they sit and they talk and then she asks how old he is. And she, he says he's 39 and she's very surprised. And it's like, he doesn't look it. He really doesn't. Um, they talk- the one who's 60 at kids high school graduation, by the way. <laughs> 
they talk about siblings and how he's an only child. And she's like, do you have only child syndrome? He's like, I do. And she's like, okay. They talk about their jobs and she mentions that she has four dogs. And, you know, I forgot that she had four dogs. I remember she said it when the girls met. And Eris is not so pleased at four. He's like, that's a lot. He's like, I'm not just getting a wife. I'm getting a wife and like a whole family. And that's without kids. (laughs) You're not wrong. That's just a lot. So he's like, well, you know, it's so, it's fine. It's fine. The whole time Eris was talking about the dogs, I was just like, look how far pretty can get you. This man is about to deal (laughs) with four dogs. And he was actually a pretty good sport about it, but. I'm telling you, this is because she was pretty. Yeah, that's for now. I kind of feel like it's going to come up. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we'll see. But you're right. I mean, and that's half the battle. Unfortunately, you're married at first sight. You got to find the person attractive and that's half the battle. And that makes you want to try. So we have the final wedding, which is Dominique and McKinley. It was really random. But the first scene when she's sitting getting her makeup done, the bridesmaids just come into the suite and then just open the door. And my random thought is, okay, the only way to get through a hotel room door is either you have a key card or the door was open. So how did they stage that scene? Like, how did they say, okay, now rush in. So that's all I was thinking. What I noticed is that one bridesmaid did a shimmy coming in. I was like, what do you think this is? Her 15 minutes. <laughs> so... Dominique has her hair straightened for her wedding and they start with, oh, you're so mature for your age. And I genuinely think that you're ready. Like if nothing else, her friends hyped her the hell up that you're pretty, you're fit, you got it going on, you have a career, you have your own. I was like, you know what? I am not mad at it. That's what your friends are for. I'm like, your friends are making me like you more than anything you've done over the past couple of weeks. (laughs) I was also very disappointed for Dominique because her bridesmaid, Jada, her makeup was better than Dominique's. And I was like, uh, why does a bridesmaid have better makeup than the bride? (laughs) Better matching foundation than the bride? (laughs) I know. I was like, they did not do Dominique right. I was just like, what shade? What what, what were we doing here? Can we not see? It is not the right shade, but oh well. Um... We switch over to McKinley's room and I'm like, who's this random woman? I was like, is she, they don't do makeup. So I thought it was like a woman that came to dress, like how she dressed up. Um, Mitch had a woman come dress him up last season. And then we find out that it's his friend, his groom's woman, the house that he's staying with. This is the friend whose parents house that he's staying with. So, yeah. So McKinley says he's nervous about her looks and he's worried that he was vague. I don't know why that make me, made me laugh. <laughs> was like <laughs> because clearly McKinley was like I don't care about race or anything and then he's just like I was worried I was vague I was like what do you mean by vague like how vague could you be describing what you want from what we know the questionnaire is really intense so where were you vague exactly sir <laughs> so he says he's a boob guy but all boobs are good boobs and one of them was like what if she's out of your league and he's like honestly that's the best case scenario <laughs> So I noticed that they're actually having like an actual breakfast. I don't think we've ever seen that. We've seen the mimosas, the orange juice and all that. But I don't think I've ever seen like full plated, like actual fruit, pancakes, waffles, everything on the table. Hmm. So apparently Dominique is real country. And they ask, um, what if he's a city boy? 
And she's like, oh, it's fine. I just need him to be, you know, a little rough around the edges. And then Toya, her mom, is like, I need him to want to get his hand dirty and go hunting and grab a gun. And her cousin throws in, he has to be willing to eat rabbit. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> mm, I, I wasn't ready. <laughs> oh, I will say, how do I put this? Yeah, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Despite the fact that I've come across in my life many times, like black people who are country, you know, black people who like to hunt and fish and all these other things that for some reason we don't associate with blackness, which is ridiculous because it definitely exists, has always been there. But it's always sort of like a huh when you see it on TV because that's just not what you expect. Yeah. I. So I'm like, I, I didn't know how to digest all that information, but um, I'm like, hope she wrote all that down in her preference sheet with the experts because I, I don't know. And then I started thinking, like, are we looking at another Alyssa? Like, <laughs> I mean, they seem to have the same type, but she would have gone well with, what's his name? It's not Brett. Ryan. Ryan. There you go. Ryan. So she says, well, yeah, what she asked for was someone that was adaptable. I'm like, how do you adapt? Like, I just think that that's such a huge shift. Like, I think maybe you can be okay. Like if your husband does it, but if you've never hunted or maybe what if you, someone is so anti guns, like even for hunting, they think like it's, it's a no, no. How do you adapt to that? Like (laughs) after living how many years of your life? Like that's a, that's a huge ask. So her mom is too excited about this wedding and is just going on about grandbabies. And she hopes she gets someone that's able to afford a family, not have a family, guys, afford a family. I mean, which makes sense. You should be able to afford a family, but her mama was too excited. So we switch back to McKinley. His groomman asks what kind of person he's looking for. And again, this is a stupid ass question. Aren't we past this? Like it's literally his wedding in hours. What are we asking? What kind of person? We already know. We've already been through the dress shopping. We've already been through the matchmaking special. We don't need to be asking this question in episode three, sorry. But the interesting part was that he said, you know, I'm just looking for someone who has their own, like I dated the younger women who don't have jobs. And I find it interesting that they left that line in. <laughs> younger women. She does ask him about not being settled in Nashville and what if that comes up? And he explains how he had a heart to heart with his mom and told her that he needed love and he moved to Nashville for love. And I'm like, there is so much missing in this story because even if this man came for maths, again, this process takes at least six months. That's enough and more than enough time to get an apartment. Why does McKinley not have an apartment? I think that he moved here to be on the show. Yes. Which is crazy. That's what I'm saying. There's enough time. Even if he moved here for that, fine. But I still think if you say you're ready for marriage, this is a question that's going to come up. You want to put your best foot forward. Why can't you? He has a business. He has the finances. If he wasn't in Nashville, you'd be paying rent. Like, why didn't you just get a place? I don't I don't know. So when you watch the matchmaking special, what did he show us? The people's house? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> and, and the experts were like, oh, man, what a candidate. <laughs> so anyway. McKinley's a nice looking man. 
I, I won't go as far as saying like, oh, he's fine, but he's a nice looking man. He's cute. Yeah. So, um, had my thought again about Dominique being a mini Alyssa because um, she busts out a bedazzled cowboy boots that she wore under her wedding dress. And with the lots of hunting talk, I'm just like, wow, I really feel they gave you a guy that's the complete opposite of everything you're asking. But good luck to ya. Um, her dress was a no. I don't know if I felt this strongly last week when we saw it during the dress shopping, but it was a no. It wasn't fitted. It wasn't flattering. I just, I don't know how this ended up being her choice. There was a point where she is talking to somebody and she's literally holding her dress up, which is uh, a sign that it does not fit. Yes. I, I think I mentioned that there was something by the hundredth time I saw her picking up her dress. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is not good. She says she's not nervous. She says she has no reservations because she's going in positive and her friends call her psychotic. So McKinley appears to be short as well. I'm like, wow. McKinley's mom tells him she's not happy. She would have preferred he had a more traditional courtship. And you know, we don't want a diva. We don't want a bitchy person. Too late, ma. <laughs> about to walk down the aisle. The fact that that is what his mom came up with, with the do not wants. I'm sorry. The thought just like went in my mind. I was like, oh, this is a woman who hates women. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just, there was something about the words diva and bitchy. I don't know. I just think she watches too much reality TV. Okay. <laughs> to use those words. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so they're about to, um, she's about to walk down the aisle and Dominique finally gets nervous and starts tearing up. She's with her mom and her mom is, you know, trying to cheer her up. She says that if she doesn't find love, that it will be disappointing. She and her mom have been praying for it to be her first and her last marriage. Um, her mom walks her down the aisle. She gets there and McKinley tells her that she looks gorgeous and they introduce themselves. For Dominique, her friend says that she's a fierce woman. She's caring, outgoing, and bubbly. She likes dancing, doing puzzles, and fishing, and she's a tomboy, but she will be a selfless wife. Speaking of makeup shades, the efficient makeup was so off. Like, the difference between her face and her neck, it was very, very, very obvious. Um, McKinley, they describe him as she should buckle up because he loves life, he's full of adventure, but he can also, he can also stay home, watch movies, and eat snacks. He's family-oriented, shy at first, but can be sassy and a little annoying. They also say that he's a dreamer who invests his all in his future. Okay. He does ask if he can kiss her. They do. We get more insight on this on After Party. Um, her grandma seems very pleased, but her mom seems quite iffy about the whole thing, even though she's the one who signed up <laughs> for it. And we'll be right back for their first chat. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're back. So they sit down. He tells the camera, well, I guess us, that she's gorgeous. He's physically attracted to her. McKinley talks a lot about babies. 
I noticed because he's always talking about that. So he can't wait to start a family. He says he's relieved. For Dominique's interview, she cannot remember his name. <laughs> she kept saying Michaeli, Macaulay, or something. And I mean, I think that's fair. Some people are not good with names, and she just met him. There was a lot of adrenaline. So I'm not gonna knock her for it. <laughs> I think it's funny that like this is a recurring theme. Every year someone can't remember their spouse's name. <laughs> oh yeah, a lot of one couldn't remember. Um, or was it the other way around? Um, so him moving here comes up and he describes how he ended up here with the missing whole story, according to me, that it's, it's so weird. Like, how do you tell someone that he always visits his best friend's parents, even though the best friend doesn't live here? You just take your time. Wait, are there people who do that? Who come Mm. all the way? Where was he before? Do we know? Chicago. Okay. Who takes trips to go visit (laughs) you? Like so often, and then they were like, "Oh, just come on down," and you just. Mm. I think that's a weird story. It doesn't seem to bother her though. I mean, this is the advantage of having a twenty-five-year-old. So Dominic just has a perma smile that actually freaks me out. I think at this point, you know, I don't know if it's a thing in America, but I know in Nigeria there's a thing called smiley face. Like there are people who have smiley faces, is what we used to call them, meaning. They don't stop smiling regardless of what's happening. They're just smiling. I think all that's the time. Dominique. So that's what she has. I mean, she says it. She says she's always smiling and she doesn't stop smiling. So I'm with you. It is kind of creepy because there are situations where you're like, oh, I just hit my head and my brain is spilling over and the person is smiling at you. That's <laughs> kind of creepy. Um, the age comes up and she says she's 25 and you can see me <laughs> freeze. But he manages to squeeze out a... Am I too old? I'm like, the question is, is she too young for you, bro? <laughs> but good save. But literally, you can see him freeze. I think I, I cracked up. That was so funny. <laughs> and she's like, no, you're not too old for me. Like, you know, I've always wanted older. I asked for someone that was older. I think their chat was awkward. I thought so, too. Mm, not there. So, Nicole and Chris, it is time for pictures. And I'm like, woohoo, all the weddings are done. They're taking pictures. Chris is saying he's excited for his future. Nicole says everything is going well so far. She likes that he's communicative and checking in, and it's a good feeling. And as they're taking pictures, we see Chris tell Nicole that she has pretty eyes. Dominique and McKinley are taking their pictures. Her mom comes over, and she introduces herself. Oh, hi, I'm your bonus mom which I thought was cute. Um, Dominique tells us that she thinks he has a nice smile and he's scruffy and he's handsome. And then McKinley says physically she's extremely good looking and she's good in the boob department. <laughs> and she seems genuine and down to earth. At some point, the photog asked them to dip, like to dip her. And I was like, oh God, is this something bad going to happen? But it works out well. And he asked- so <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is um he asked to kiss her while he dips her she says yes and then they do he says all he's seeing is green flags and we get a sound bite of nicole saying all right are we done can we party now you gotta always listening out for this sound bites because they will set you up in a heart in a heartbeat so finally we see gina and clint um they're wondering where they're gonna go on their honeymoon and they both guess the bahamas um, checking that I didn't skip it, Aid, but they didn't show their pictures, right? No, they did not. That's interesting. 
But I was like, how in the hell would you two guess the Bahamas? Have you watched this show? We've been to Las Vegas and we've been to Mexico. It was COVID. <laughs> Maybe they're like, COVID is officially over. We can get one of the good places. Like when they used to go to Jamaica. And... Anyway. Yeah, but I still don't understand even during COVID why they didn't go to Mexico because people could go to Mexico. They took them to Florida. So... <laughs> um. Then we get the annual, I think it's, I, and right now I'm sure it's a tradition at this point, the annual clinking of glass where someone doesn't know what it means and all that. Anyways, I'm not going to gripe on it this year, but Gina's like, what does that mean? Does it mean a kiss? But apparently they didn't do it for just one couple. They do it for all the couples. So all of them get like a clink in the glass at some point during their reception. So he says out loud. The kiss was better than the chicken. And her friend yells out, he's funny. And she's like, yeah. This scene, I'm mentioning this scene because now I'm inclined to believe that you were right, Aid, when you said that everything she said in After Party is based on her current feelings. Because nothing about watching the episodes gives us inclination that there's no attraction. Correct. They seem to be doing real good at this wedding. They do. So she shares with him that her relationship, her last relationship was five years ago. And she decided to put, when she broke up with him, she put all her time in her business. She shares that she's growing her business. She has doing a build out of her office space. And then she just goes on and on and on about her business. And Clint is like, I mean, I'm excited that she loves what she does, but I'm just trying to get past the work stuff. And I'm with Clint. Like, I think it's fair because I hate talking about work in social settings. Like, why? I understood what Clint was saying, but I was team Gina. I feel like there's a difference between talking about work, like a job, and talking about how you're building your own business, like, by yourself. And I I was actually very interested in what Gina had to say. She's like, I'm getting a small business. I'm like, oh, this is fascinating. And Clint, was, it didn't seem like Clint was interested. And I'm like, this is kind of a big deal in her life. Why are you not interested? I think he was it just went on too long and there's such a thing as a time and a place it's your wedding okay you have all the time in the world to explain about your build out this is someone you just met it's also hard to muster so much enthusiasm it's like someone coming up from the street and saying hey i just bought my first building you want to hear everything about it (laughs) unless you married that someone then no it's not like that (laughs) No, it's not. Not at your reception. I mean, you literally, I mean, I know they're married, but they just met like an hour ago. I just think there's a time and place. All right. So next up, we see Jasmine and Eris and they, everybody got served the same meals at this wedding. We'll We'll later find out. So the first thing they're served is some bruschetta type thing, like tomatoes and cheese. And Eris is like, oh, this is good. As they're eating this, they're discussing. And we find out that he doesn't eat chicken or pork or red meat. That was scary. What what was scary about that? What does he eat? It sounds like he's a vegetarian. It didn't sound like that because he didn't say, oh, I'm a vegetarian. He just said, I don't eat this. But then I also don't know if he eats fish. Yeah. So that's why I was, maybe that he's like a pescatarian, but he does strike me as a person who will never utter the word pescatarian. So he will probably just say, I don't eat chicken or pork or red meat. Oh, I hope they explore this. Actually, I'm very curious about what he, if he just eats veggies, if he's a vegetarian. Cause I just feel like vegetarians never hesitate to tell us I'm a vegetarian. Like with Brie, when she was pescatarian, she just said that. But like you said, he may not want to say that, but 
vegetarian is okay or vegan. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, this is where poor Eris finds out that instead of the four dogs he was originally to- told about, there are nine more, which she did mention as one of her professions that she breeds dogs. So yeah, right now she has a litter, literally a litter, and she is taking care of 13 dogs. That's too much. And I, I, I was waiting for her to say maybe she's going to give out the nine, but that never came, so I wasn't sure. If she breeds dogs, I think it's really interesting. There are laws on this. Like, um, like if you breed dogs, you can't separate it from the mother. Sometimes I think for six weeks or eight weeks, something like that. So if she's in that time period, then yeah. I mean, the dogs will eventually be sold at the end of the time period. But for right now, she has to take care of all the dogs. Which is fine, but as long as it's not in the house. But she didn't yeah. like make that differenti- differentiation that, you know, it's at my job, not necessarily at my house. I was waiting so, for her to say where the dogs were and it just never came out. So what I found interesting was when Aries, uh, sorry, when Jasmine asked Aries to pray before they ate, um, we know that Shaq is religious and, you know, he's a man of faith, but we don't know where Aries stands. So I didn't know how he took it. I mean, yes, he said, yeah, I can pray, but I didn't know like how strong or how deep he is when it comes to faith. And I don't know if I forgot or we don't know. Okay. Because she's I, a PK. She's a PK. I don't remember even from the matchmaking specialist, Eris talked about God a lot. Oh, okay. But yeah, I just found that interesting. Um, if that's going to be a thing they agree on or if that's something they will fight about. I thought it was a good time that she said, let's pray. And he prayed. I was like, okay, you're getting off on the right foot. Yeah. So next up is Kristen and Shaq. They're talking about how... Did you say Kristen or Kirsten? Oh, thank you. (laughs) Next up is Kirsten and Shaq. (laughs) And they are talking about how they would love to go away and take a nap. For reasons I can't understand, there's a huge amount of flowers in front of them while they're sitting down. (laughs) Why do you hate flowers, Aiden? What did flowers do to you? (laughs) I love flowers, but this is a TV show where we're supposed to look at people. And I'm like, you've covered up half of them blocking it with flowers i was confused so poor kirsten and shack are presented with a plate with cheese and tomatoes which for me i don't really like raw tomatoes plus if you are going to serve me raw tomatoes it should be bruschetta if there's bruschetta there's bread i didn't see any bread i just saw cheese and tomatoes wait is that a caprese salad Mm, it has a name that i'm blanking on all my top chef is not working it'll come to me keep talking And when their food is presented to them, they both have identical looks of confusion. Look at each other and just start laughing like, why are they giving us this terrible food? (laughs) Yes, it's a crazy salad. (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny, though, because Kirsten and Shaq, with that salad, something happened to the two of them. There was chemistry. (laughs) Just just came out of the sky. It was like... I really hope she gives it a chance. So they both in interviews talk about how um, both of them are educated and family oriented. And he says that he's been successful in every area of life. And he just asked God to place someone who was like-minded and she's outgoing and fun, a boss and educated. They both really love the word educated. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
And they are just talking about how the both of them, this was such an easy match. Like, we totally know why we were matched already. At the reception, they're saying this. Mm. He says, like, I'm here in Nashville by myself. And they gave me a whole family? Oh. Uh, so, yeah. Suddenly, Kirsten and Shaq are on a whole new trajectory. What, they have, like, a separation where Kirsten is talking to her bridesmaids, which is mostly her sisters. Two of them are her sisters. And they're like, oh, we saw you give him a, a kiss on the cheek. And she's like, yeah. She was just thrown off by his bald head, that she didn't want someone with a bald head. And also, when she asked him, when they were about to kiss, he didn't ask her if he could kiss her. And she wanted him to ask. And someone was, like, calling her bullshit like Keisha did at after party and was like, if he asked, would you really have still kissed him? She goes, it would have been a higher chance. <laughs> I, at this point though, there's the altar kiss. Okay. But it seems like even with the tap, um, the tapping, she like refused to kiss him when they tapped on the glasses. Yeah. And I, and her understanding is that it's because he hasn't asked. I'm like, how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> what century are you living in? What do you mean? <laughs> In an interview, Shaq's explanation is that he can tell that she's virtuous and there's something deeper about why she doesn't want to kiss, but he's just going to allow time to tell. And I'm like, this poor man, there's nothing deeper. She's just, I guess, too much of a wuss to ask you to kiss her, to ask you to ask. (laughs) I just thought she wasn't attracted to him. I think it started that way, but I don't think it's like by the time they got to tapping glasses, I don't think that was it. Because she easily could have just given him a kiss on the cheek. So no, I she's think waiting she... for him to ask. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so next is Nicole and Chris. They both tell interviewers that they are both talkers. And then Nicole is telling him that, you know, this is all a sign because they were married on the 25th and her birthday is the 25th. And then they agree with each other that they're both talkers and that they both like to talk a lot. They both immediately understand the tapping. Tap, 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 and then they kiss. (laughs) Jasmine and Eris, uh, their speeches, you know, uh, during this wedding receptions. So someone gets up and does a speech for Jasmine and Eris where they wish them a marriage that is modern enough to survive the times and old-fashioned enough to last forever. Good line. (laughs) Jasmine's dad says that it's unusual. No, I'm sorry. Nicole's dad um, says that it's unusual and and he's saying unusual to be kind and that there were a lot of bombs going off when he first heard about it. But, you know, he's glad or something like that. Dominique's mom gets up there and decides to talk about how she was potty trained at one and when she took her to daycare, they were like, wear her diapers. And she's like, I told them that she didn't need any diapers because she's potty trained. I have no idea why in God's green earth you would get up at your child's wedding and say this. Because she said she took it to mean that she's a determined person. I took it to mean don't talk about this at your kid's wedding. (laughs) Gina has a bridesmaid who's Lindsay who does this whole thing about lying, cheating, and stealing that then turns on its head to like lie with each other and steal moments in life and I think it was sweet, but she was also crying and I was a bit confused. Yeah, I didn't think it was sweet. It's giving weird, (laughs) giving weird. I'm like, where are we going? Oh, someone pointed out that it was the speech from Hitch. It's from the movie. I knew I had heard it before. (laughs) And I'm like, 
you're getting all emotional about words you didn't even write but okay. <sighs> i was actually very confused because at the end of the day this is like a a, a a marriage between strangers and I was confused as to why you'd be crying about this. Like, where did all that emotion come from? These people just met. Yeah, but the same people they know get married, I guess. Uh, okay. So we get like, you know, shots of people dancing and having a good time. Then they do cake cutting. Sorry, I, can I say how I loved how everyone seemed to have a good time at their wedding? Like, just the dancing and the thing. And I'm like, as they should, it's a free wedding. Like, I just, <laughs> <laughs> it was just fun for me to see everyone, even Kirsten, having a good time. My thought was, no matter what happens, everybody got to have a nice party yep. that they seem to enjoy. Yep. Uh, um, so they do the cake cutting. It was hard for me to pick my favorite cake. I really like Clint and Gina with like the flowers pressed on. If I tell you that I remember half a cake, <laughs> did not notice any of that. <laughs> everybody does cake feeding and everybody behaves himself. McKinley puts a little bit of frosting on Dominique's nose, but basically everybody just tries to feed each other cake as nicely as possible. Well, Chris had to literally bend down to get the cake in Nicole's mouth because the <laughs> difference is quite a lot. Who, Chris? Oh, Chris and Nicole. Um, I, I want to point out again, Clint's friends are the oldest of the bunch and they're the ones who are yelling, cake on the face, cake on the face. Um, there's old and there's maturity. So there's hope for <laughs> Dominique, you know? <laughs> um, so then after we're done with cakes and dancing everybody's gotta have conversations with friends and family so before we get to all those conversations let's take a break and we are back with Shaq he's talking to his friends and he tells his friends that he prayed and he asked for signs and he knows that this is the moment um, sorry Shaq is talking to her bridesmaids including two of her sisters at least the bridesmaid in an interview tells us that she isn't sold, that he'll have to show up and be who he is, that everything looks nice right now. But, you know, I, I don't think she was too hard on him. She didn't say, oh, he must be evil. She just kind of was like, ah, I don't trust him. I just met him today. I mean, I understand what she's coming from because Shaq can sound like a smooth operator, but something about him still also feels genuine. But I'm just not a fan of people just giving people a hard time. It's already a stressful situation. Just let it be. There's enough friends and family episodes. It's their wedding day. Just let it be. You are right. You are right. I just thought of all the ones that we've seen, her bridesmaids were not that bad. And Elise had more to say in the interview than she did to his face, which is how it should be. Yeah. Talk behind their back. Um... At one point, they did say they're going to grill him like a rack of ribs and say that he's on razor thin ice. There was a lot of metaphors. <laughs> Dominique, poor thing, has to talk to McKinley's mom and his sister named Miley. <clears throat> this woman named her children McKinley and Miley. Let's start there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Linda asks, I'm sorry, Dominique asks Linda, his mom, what she thinks about him being married to a stranger. And she's like, well, I didn't like it. His sister is a little bit more supportive. She said she had to talk her mom into it. And then her mom, um, Linda, tells us that she believes in more traditional courtship. It's something she had said earlier in the episode. And I don't really understand the point of telling someone who just got married at first sight how you're like, yeah, I wanted traditional courtship. And I wanted him to do this. And I want him to do that. Okay, well, he didn't do any of these things. Adjust. <laughs> 
Dom says, um, Dominique talks about how there's been like a high success rate. And then Dominique does something that I wasn't expecting her to do, but I was kind of proud of her. Because she brought up like, you know, I'm black. <laughs> in case you hadn't noticed. <laughs> um, She didn't say in case you hadn't noticed. She was just saying like, I am black and I, you know, that's been a struggle for me. And I just want to be accepted for who I am. This is a moment where I was like, maybe Dominique is mature. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, we're going to talk about it. Good. So his mom has a face and her response to this question is, it's hard being married. I don't know. Wow. I'm so glad they brought this up in after party. I don't know. I mean, there's only so much they can do. I know they're not going to grill to the end, but I was just like, I was hoping it was an edit, but that that is, that is not a response. No, it's not. And I don't want to jump too far ahead to after party, but I feel like knowing McKinley's dating history is really crucial here. Yeah. Now McKinley in the matchmaking special says that he's dated every race, but I want it to be like, how many black women have you brought home to your mama? There's a difference. <laughs> There's a difference. And was it take out on a date or was it a relationship dating or what, what are we talking about here? Because I feel like if you'd ever had a serious relationship with a black woman or really any woman of any race where these topics were discussed, his mom should have been more prepared for that conversation. Like she seemed uncomfortable and it's just like that shouldn't make you uncomfortable. I was proud of Dominique for bringing it up. His mom did not have a good answer. No. Um, her mom is sitting down with him, also talking about the same thing. She says that Dominique is biracial. We kind of discussed it, but we still don't know what the other half of the bi is. I think we're going to assume that her dad is white. Because I feel, this is a funny thing about language. I feel like if she was like black and Asian, someone would say it. <laughs> but when you say biracial, I'm like, okay. So then Dominique's mom asks if it will be an issue with her fam, with his family. And McKinley's like, no, they're going to welcome her with open arms. I wasn't really getting open arms from the conversation that Dominique had with his mom, but okay. I think <laughs> let's just give benefit of the doubt. I mean, being on camera is already hard and you know, some people are uncomfortable talking about race, which to me is already a thing. Like you shouldn't be uncomfortable. She didn't seem comfortable, but it's maths. It's a reality show. We don't know how things get edited. I just, you know, just giving benefit of the doubt, but you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> okay. And I will say, Something about that divas and bitchy really hit me the wrong way with Achilles <laughs> before any of this. I was just like, something's off about you. <laughs> but you know, and the funny thing is, is that parents will be on like the first few episodes and then we may never see her again. Well, I think we will. Okay. Well, I mean, so, she doesn't live in Nashville, right? So maybe not. <laughs> not exactly. that I remember. <laughs> So Dominique's mom is in an interview and this was in the preview. I will give her in the preview. It sounded a lot worse, but she says, oh, he seems nice in the interview, but you know, then she starts naming serial killers and terrible people who all seem nice. I don't know why she said this, <laughs> but it sort of makes sense. Like, oh, he presents nice, the same, sort of the same thing that um, Kirsten's bridesmaid said about Shaq. Presents very nicely, says the right things. Stranger. She doesn't have a right to say that. 
You <laughs> signed up for the show. You know what the premise of the show was. You know the risk that you were putting your daughter in. Don't come right now and start acting protective. If you were that protective, sign up for Match.com or pay for a matchmaker. But don't come here and start making demands after you did it. Nope, nope, not taking it. It's true. She should just be like, this is a great idea because I signed up for it. Yep, this is go- Yep, this is exactly what I asked for because this is what I signed up for. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did react earlier, but honestly, when she said, so your grandma will be fine with you, <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> so Eris is with Jasmine's bridesmaids. He asked them if she's a good communicator and they're like, yeah. Eris says he's better at it. But her friend says she's a good communicator, but she doesn't like confrontation. If there's anything that she thinks will be an argument, she'll just avoid it. Mm. He admits. Um, one of Krista, one of her bridesmaids, asked, "What should he, I'm sorry, Christina, one of her bridesmaids, asked, what should they know about him?" And he says he's never been in a relationship. He's never lived with a woman. It's all new for him, and he's an only child. <laughs> Maybe it's because it's not the first time we've heard it, so it wasn't that alarming to me. <laughs> I was just like, ah, at least Eris is honest. I actually think that Eris will not do anything shady on this show. I think there's something very honest about him. Because he couldn't be bothered. He just was like, <laughs> listen, I don't have time. I'm too old. I'm tired. I just want to be stable. Just be fine. Do it. I just I can't get a complete read on him if he's gonna go a large one on us. But in terms of what you're saying, like I think he's very straightforward. For better or for worse. <laughs> he might be one of those people who has to like dial back the honesty because it hurts people's feelings, but yeah. he is honest. Um, so now we have cousin Felina sitting down with Jasmine. And just in case I hadn't jumped off the Felina train before, I have definitely jumped off it now. Cause she is not that nice to Jasmine. Mm-mm. I mean, she told her cousin to support and stand by black women, and here we are. Jasmine, you know, she's sitting, she's talking. She tells him that the reason why she did the show is because her picker is off, which is a very, what's her name, Stangler? Uh, What's her name? Millionaire matchmaker. Oh, Patty. Patty Stangler. Patty Stangler. That was always her thing. Her pickers. (laughs) Your pickers off. Um, And Jasmine, they ask her, like, what, what might be an issue? And she's like, I can be very stubborn, but she's working on it. And his cousin Felina says in an interview, well, you know, Jasmine's from the pageant world. I'm like, how did she know she was from the pageant world so quickly? I'm probably talked in between. I mean, she already knew it was a black woman. So I don't know how Felina is getting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and Felina's justification is that Jasmine's answers are too good. But I'm like, Jasmine's answers to me don't sound pageant. They sound pretty honest, Donald. Yeah. I was over Felina. I'm like, Felina, please go worry about a good bra and let this thing go. (laughs) Dang, that was gold. Uh, I stand by it. Oh, that was gold. She's doing too much. Clint is hanging out with the bridesmaid, with Gina's bridesmaids, and he is excited. Uh, Lindsay, the crying bridesmaids, asks what makes him worthy of Gina. (laughs) Lindsay is (laughs) awesome. She was standing like this close to him. I'm like, are you seducing him or asking a question? What is going on? Uh, <laughs> he says that he's dated from a long, he's dated for a long time, and he's learned from previous people he's dated 
uh, and he's in a place to make, to have an enduring long relationship. He's just in the right place. And I'm like, I don't know. It's interesting to me that he couldn't come up with any personal attributes <laughs> that would make him a good husband. And, you know, he's on the spot. I'm not saying he should have. It's just worthy is such a specific word. I, I think, sorry, my memory fails me. I think I said this last week, but Clint is representative of the new age people who apply for maps and which is why I don't think we've been successful. We have a lot of people who are just here for a good time, not a long time where it's like, if I meet someone and we click and it works out, you know what? Great. Best case scenario. If it doesn't fine, I get to have a party. I get to have this experience. And then I just move on with my life. They don't see it as a huge commitment. So someone like that is not going to have a genuine answer for you. I'm just here for if it works, it works. <laughs> <laughs> they ask him, what is he most excited about getting her alone? And he says, getting to know her. Not to say that he's not a sexual creature, but homie's not going to play that. And I was like, oh, now we have really bad AAVE. Thanks, Clint. Um, <laughs> he's, Clint says when he was younger, he was very obnoxious, but now he wants a sustainable relationship. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Clint said that when he was younger, he would be more into like sex part of things, but now he wants a sustainable relationship and they tell him to just wait until the honeymoon. I find Clint obnoxious in this conversation. In life. In life, that too. Mm-hmm. Nicole sits down with her bridesmaids. Nicole and her friends just give me such good vibes. <laughs> <laughs> She sits down with her friends and she says the only flag she's seen is that he's going to be too nice. And he, Nicole says that she can already tell he'll spend the rest of his life trying to make her happy. And I'm like, wow, Nicole, you're, you're way ahead of yourself. <laughs> and, and she says she wants him to feel appreciated and she's going to work hard to make sure he feels that way. Um, and Nicole says to her friend, I'm going to be totally upfront and out there. And no, no, now is not the time to play games. Like we just need to say things straight out. Um, and that she's the only nervousness that she has is that everything seems great. Is this where she was tearing up? A little bit, I think. Go, Nicole. Enjoy it. It always implodes on maps. <laughs> Poor Chris has to talk to Nicole's dad. <laughs> Nicole's dad is very much like Dominique's mom, but New Yorker about it. <laughs> He doesn't say it in an interview. He just says it straight to his face. He's like, I'm concerned. Are you a criminal or a scam artist? He's like, you know, in arranged marriage, usually the families know each other. I, I don't know one of these people's family. Um, he, I thought it was also funny. I'm like, Nicole's dad is divorced. <laughs> so when did he become an expert on marriage? At least he knew the person he divorced. <laughs> Um, and he's just like, today is a party, then you're going to go on the honeymoon, it's going to be fun, but then you have real life, and you're going to have to go through life's hardships together. I just felt bad for Chris. It, just, it, just, it felt like he was getting a lecture from someone he just met. <laughs> then they do the bouquet tosses and the garter tosses. The bouquet tosses are bouquet tosses. We spend a lot more time on the garter tosses. There's a lot of like, Shaq and I think Eris both use their teeth. Shaq looks like he's about to pull in a larger one and take his shirt off. And Kirsten is like, do not do that. <laughs> uh, Kirsten's brother caught his and he hugged Shaq and it's a nice, cute moment. It was. It was nice. So, yeah. 
Dom talks to her friends about whether anything will happen tonight. And she's like, kissing is fine. But she's a very quick no when they're asked if anything will happen tonight. Um, McKinley's groomsmen ask him the same question. He says it's not his decision. Um, his brother is like, you do have a choice in the matter. <laughs> his best friend, the woman, says, I know you'll be respectful. You're a gentleman. And he says this stuff. You know, I'm surprised at how many people are talking about building a strong foundation before sex. I mean, maybe they're aware of the camera. I don't know if I believe it, though. Um, yeah, I don't believe them. <laughs> I mean, I believe I don't believe any of them. I think that a lot of I'm, I'm something I wanted to compliment the experts on this season before they start effing things up is in the attraction department. Minus one couple. They did a really good job. So far. Wait, sorry. You mean like they're attractive? Um, I mean that everybody appears at this very early stage of the game to be attracted to each other. Oh, okay. I feel like they don't usually fail on that, give or take one. That's because, true. yeah, everyone was pretty happy with who they have for San Diego and Boston. Yes. So there's always give or take one or two, but for the most part, they've been getting it right. And then honeymoon comes and fair enough. Just implodes. Fair enough. I think sometimes though, you can immediately tell at the wedding that people aren't attracted. And besides, like I said, Shaq and Kirsten, everybody else is good. And not just like good, but I mean like we've got rounds of applause. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm optimistic, of course. Chris and Nicole basically have the same conversation with their people. Get to know each other. What about the honeymoon? Honeymoon we'll see. Nicole does say that it's weird because she wants to give Chris like affection. Like when he's near, she wants to like reach out her hand and hold it. And that's like not normal for her. And I was like, oh my gosh, these two are my favorite. They're just my favorite. Jasmine gives Eris a 9.5 when asked. People just do not need to do this. (laughs) Do not get into rankings or numbers or anything on that. Just don't do it. But of course, their friends ask them. So Eris's friend asks him, if Beyonce is a 10, what is Jasmine? And he says an 8. And Harold, his friend, is awesome because he's like, that's a terrible answer. And Harold, who apparently is married, is like, my wife is a 10. And guess what? If you had a wife, your wife needs to be a 10 too. And Eris quickly corrects himself. <laughs> he's like, yep, she's a 10. I thought I, that was funny. <laughs> I just... I- <laughs> I just want to say, like, going back to the ranking, I was thinking about it. I don't have an issue with it when it's behind your back. Not to your face when you're with your friends and all that. Yeah. Because I just wanted to lead that up because I liked when they asked uh, if Jasmine was going to do anything. And the friend was like, he's a 9.5, girl. Act like it. That was funny, and I liked it. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> but your whole thing, oh, you could do it behind their back, not to their face. They're on TV. It's going to be in their face at some point. Eh, it's part of the risk of TV shows. She was talking to her friend, not you. But Oh, you're saying don't do it on TV, not in life? Yeah, well, yes, don't do it on TV, on the show. Don't do it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Eh, okay, maybe there's points being made. 
So Shaq and his friends discussed the fact. I'm glad his friends brought it up because it felt like Shaq was not acknowledging reality when it came to this cheat kiss business. But his friend was like, yeah, we noticed. <laughs> um, she she didn't. And this is the part in the bride, with the bridesmaids where she says the bald head threw her off and he didn't ask. Oh, okay. Um, Bryson is asking if he's in the friend zone because of the cheek kiss. Cheek kiss, and he said, "No, I'm not in the friend zone. I'm a husband." And the friend is kind of warns him, like, "You could end up in the friend zone." Um, but Shaq says this is non-traditional, and we have to start as friends. And you know, she's looking for a husband, and I'm a husband. Kirsten says that she is impressed with Shaq and everything he has to offer. Something about that turn of phrase. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, is it a job interview or is he a husband? Sorry. Um, her friend tells her to drop her drawers. Kirsten is not doing that. <laughs> Maybe if he asks nicely. Maybe. Nicole and Chris just talk about how amazing each other are. It's great. I just think, I mean, if this is how I know I'm double standarding. That's not a word, but I'm making it a word. Because if Clint's friend said it, I'd be all, ew, why are you doing that? It's still ill, don't get me wrong. But Shaq was being all poetic and being appreciative. Like, you know, it's my wife and this. And even the music. And then the music changed and the friend was like, yeah, that's all nice and good. But are you going to hit or what? So it's still ill. But I'm just like, why do you have friends like this? (laughs) Maybe it's a vibe. Maybe it's just our judgment. Sometimes things, context matters. Yeah. For some reason, his friend didn't even sound bad in that. It just sounded funny. Well, that's what I'm saying. When it was his friend. But maybe they're also making fun of, like we said, Shaq can be like a smooth talker, like he's a politician or whatever. And they're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So. So Nicole and Chris, Mutual Admiration Society. Um, <laughs> in the interviews, Dom just learned this man's name. It's McKinley. She's very proud. She's like, his name is McKinley. She says that he's super cute and this is a huge risk, but that she takes relationships seriously and that's why she talks to strippers at her bachelorette party and she doesn't see why it shouldn't work. Everybody gets like a different exit. Um, I can't remember which couple had guitars, like inflatable guitars to play around with while everybody left. Another couple had light up, looks like inflatable tambourines, which were great. One couple got to go in a pink convertible that I loved. Clint and Gina and Shaq and Kirsten both had drum lines to send them off. It was really nice. The couple got into the pink convertible, though. I was like, isn't the sponsorship deal with the hotel? Aren't you just coming right back to the hotel after you leave in the car? <laughs> That's funny. I didn't think about that. Kirsten in an interview says you only get one life to live. And you have to go for the life that you want. And if you want marriage and you want a family, you have to go for it. And I went for it. I liked that for some reason. Yep. Hopefully she listens to her words. Um, Chris and Nicole are the only people that we see go into their room and get ready for bed. So they get to their room and Chris picks up Nicole and carries her in and throws her on the bed. And of course her shoes are on the bed and I cannot deal for another year. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they have a whole conversation about where dogs sleep and they come I love the way it went because he's like so where does your dog sleep and he asks very like interestedly and she's like yeah well she can sleep anywhere she can sleep on the bed she can sleep on the floor she can sleep with me and he's like yeah my dog sleep on the bed 
And basically he was just checking like, wait, do we both agree that the dogs can sleep on the bed? And so once they got past that, he seemed pretty happy. Um, they get ready for bed. He helps her out of her dress. They're very like kissy and huggy and like yeah. affectionate. They're so cute. Um, while they're lying in bed, she says it wasn't the wedding day she imagined and it's better than she could have dreamed. Aww. And she says it's the start of a lifelong love story and i'm like please be please be <laughs> everybody's rooting for them i see they had roses um everywhere and roses in the tub and i'm like is this a hint hint maybe not a shower but maybe something being washed off because we still don't see a shower mm, that's true no maybe next week people will start mentioning how they took a shower <laughs> um so they show us a preview for next week Something I learned from a previous season is to watch very closely because this is like the preview for the whole season. Um, they show people going into Decision Day. There was one couple who they did not show going into Decision Day in that preview. Who? Okay, I did not see Dominique and McKinley going into Decision Day. Well, I mean, in the preview, we see her packing up shit and going. Not that that means anything in maths. People pack up shit and come back. But we shall find out eventually. <laughs> we shall find out. But that's how you could tell Morgan and Ben didn't make it to Decision Day is because apparently when they showed the preview, they never showed them walking into Decision Day. Yeah. And also, if you have spoilers and you know what it is, please respectfully don't let us know. We like to just go in with a clean slate. And have clear thoughts. All right, Aid, who has your bouquet this week? My bouquet this week goes to Shaq and Kirsten for quickest and biggest turnaround I think I've ever seen. And maybe it's a false thing, but they seem to go from no chemistry to lots of chemistry. And I really enjoyed seeing it. And they were so cute when they were laughing about food. And it, it was adorable. I greatly enjoyed it. Who has your bouquet this week? Um, my bouquet goes to the same people, to Shark and Kirsten, um, for that conversation that they had at the sweetheart table and the little striptease that Shaq gave while getting the garter from Kirsten. And who has your ashes? Felina. (laughs) Girl, I have been, you know, going for you up until now, but there comes a time to stop. And I don't know. I like Jasmine. And I didn't really appreciate her being like kind of dissed by Felina. I, yeah, I, I didn't appreciate it. Who has your burnt ashes? Um, Felina also. <laughs> she was just bad vibes all around. <sighs> wow. It's been a while since we had both the same, you know, bouquet and burnt ashes together, but <laughs> great minds. Um, <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for this week. You can find Tane on the rewatch with Nana. They are covering season six of Sex in the City. Tane, are you ready for and just like that? Because I saw that picture this week and I was ready. I'm ready, but we just got to convince Nana. She's not a fan of the show. So, <laughs> and not just a fan, she just really doesn't like the show. <laughs> oh, God, you're going to have me out here doing two podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> you can. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on socials, and we might even mention you on the show. 
Yeah, we're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on a new episode every Friday. Please give us a five-star rating if you're so inclined on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And we will see you guys same time next week. Bye, guys. Bye.